Welcome, dear viewers to, or listeners, I should say, to episode 9 of the Slow Report. This is, as always, Victor Perez from Santo Domingo, Dominican Republic, living in the beautiful city of New York. And well, everyone, uh, this is it. We have come to the end, uh, or the last episode, really, of season 2 of the Slow Report. Again, bringing you all the action of the Superliga Americana Rugby down in South America. So without further ado, let's get right into it, everyone, because we should have a lot to talk about. So let's get right into the final. So we ended up having Peñarol Rugby from Uruguay against Segnam Rugby from Chile, uh, happening at the Estadio Charrua in Montevideo. So of course, Peñarol was coming in hot, of course, playing at home and for those of you that have not seen the highlights, which I definitely do recommend, even though they're short, uh, the match ended with a 24 to 13 score to Peñarol. Yes, everyone, Peñarol has crowned uh, has been crowned champions of South America, finally taking the, uh, the hegemony uh, of Argentinian rugby and not allowing. Juarez 15 to get a second title in a row. So from that, and I'm actually quite happy uh, again that someone new actually got the title and we'll see what happens now for 2023. But before we I get ahead to ahead of myself, let's talk about this particular match. So this was definitely a match of two halves. First, we have a first half. It was all Peñarol controlling from the get-go. Uh, we actually had our very first try in minute nine. So uh, Peñarol kicked the ball towards the Signum Ingol. It was caught by fullback uh, Francisco Uros, who tried to kick the ball back. Unfortunately, he missed kicking that out, and that mistake cost him. Uh, as he was trying to kick it, he got tackled. And so he was making his way down. Uh, Peñarol played uh, Eric uh, Dos Santos, the second row, um, grabbed the ball and scored rather right on the angle line, uh, getting the match rather right to the first five points. After that, in minute 20, we had a rolling ball and a score by Manuel Arda, which, by the way, was crowned as MVP of the season. Um, I, will, I, will put a, I will definitely put him there. Uh, again, uh, definitely really good player. has been quite good for the Uruguay national team and definitely show here in this tournament as well, uh, his growth uh, and the like. Uh, then after that, uh, uh, we ended up having also a conversion kick by uh, Felipe uh, Echeverri, uh, which was, uh, uh, I believe, uh, let me see, was that conversion? I believe it was for the first one, I mean, in nine. Um, after that, we also had two penalty kicks from him. I mean, it's 10 and 77. Uh, we actually got a drop goal, which uh, which was at minute 40. That's actually how the first half ended. Um, there was a penalty kick by Francisco Rose at minute 24. And uh, come halftime, the match was 21 to 3. Then the second half was all second. Um, they definitely got a toll. A telling, I guess, by the coaching staff uh, uh, while in the restroom room again within those 10 minutes, and they came pushing. Uh, the first, uh, they only scored one try, which was a penalty try, actually. I mean, 57. Uh, and, and and that was it. I mean, there was also a penalty kick by Francisco Rose at minute 47, 10 minutes prior to the penalty try. But then from there on, really, uh, there was also an opportunity actually to capitalize uh, um, be, between minute 57 onwards. Um, there was first a, a yellow car 
eh, to Nahuel Milan, and then another one eh, to um, Juan Echeverria, eh, both Peñarol players. Uh, so Milan was at 57, Echeverria was at minute 61. So we're talking about that for about 10 minutes, eh, Segnan had the number advantage, 13 to 15 players. Unfortunately, it could not capitalize at all. Uh, because keep in mind that that um, yellow card that Milan got was due to the penalty try that was scored, penalty try and a yellow card. But again, unfortunately, the, the Chilean team could not capitalize on the numbers advantage. In any case, uh, time went on. Peñarol was able to hold on enough, obviously, to become champions uh, again of the league. In all honesty, I thought this match was going to be a lot closer, especially from previous encounters between both teams. Uh, keep in mind, that Peñarol was coming into this match with Segnan beating them the last match. So that is what led me, and I'm sure many other pundits, to believe that uh, it was going to be a closer encounter. But definitely wasn't. Peñarol definitely came prepared, did their homework, and definitely got uh, the title to show for it. So again, congratulations again to Peñarol for this. Now for Segnan, again, they play well. Unfortunately, not enough to win again, this particular match and the championship, but it definitely showed the growth of this Chilean side. And again, I've been saying it uh, every so often in these episodes, and I'm, I'm sure I probably sound uh, like a parrot repeating myself, but again, very important uh, development going on in Chilean rugby, especially coming up in July with the matches against USA for that, that America's two spot in the Rugby World Cup 2023. Uh, the team is definitely coming with a lot better cohesion. Uh, I definitely want to see them uh, again on the field, uh, playing first at home and then away uh, in USA, uh, and see again how that time. Again, we're talking about this past five months. Excuse me, um, has helped them again create that cohesion enough that they will be able to challenge the US team again for a title. And keep in mind that if uh, Uruguay has it has been able to best USA a couple of times, and the Chilean side has bested this um, Uruguayan side again, even thought there were a couple of players missing, I do assume that uh, Chile's um, chances against USA should be good. Uh, again, at least that's what I do hope to to see. Okay, so as I mentioned before, um, MVP of the season has been named uh, or was named to be Manuel Ardao. Um The player of the match of this particular match was Uruguayan captain and Peñarol captain, uh, for that matter, uh, uh, Juan Vilaseca, again, uh, who, who was actually uh, he was uh, at the end of the match and he Again, he was being interviewed. He was being interviewed alongside his, um, uh, well, it was actually one of his kids. He has two, but his youngest um, uh, baby, I think is, I think it's the baby probably like four or five months old. Really cute kid, by the way. So, <laughs> so something definitely to mention. And really happy boy for, for Vila Seca, um, a guy that, again, played a, couple, uh, a season in middle league rugby, actually, and decided to go back home again to this past two seasons with, um, Peñarol, and again, definitely has worked out for, for the best, so I'm again, really happy uh, for him. Now, uh, going over what it has been named as the, the 15 of the season, uh, which was actually shown um, by the, the SLAR um, uh, social media accounts, so we get the following 
uh, again, freak team uh, players. So we got first Javier Corbalán from uh, uh, Cafeteros, uh, one of the Argentinian guys, and he has been really good uh, again for this um, Colombian side of Cafeteros. Not, definitely not his first time in the freak team. Uh, of the, uh, well, this is the freak team of the week, uh, the previous ones, but he had, uh, he came up a couple of times. So definitely. Again, uh, worthy of, of being the freak team of the again of the tournament. After that, we got we have um, Guillermo Pujadas uh, from uh, Peñarol. Definitely makes sense. We're going to see a lot of um, uh, Peñarol players in this freak team. Um, then we got Luis Quinteros from uh, Olympia. Uh, again, that's um, first, second, and third players respectively. Um, then uh, second row we got um, Franco Molina. And uh, again from uh, Segnam and Edicto Santos from Peñarol. Then in the again on the third row, uh, we have Clever Diaz uh, from uh, Cobras, which I'm actually quite surprised. I would put um, Andres uh, Andre Aruda in that particular um, spot. Again, a really good player for for Cobras. Uh, I, I would say probably, probably better than Clever Diaz, but hey, at least there was one guy from the Cobras team. Then we got Manuel Ardell, who I mentioned, and Santiago Chiveta, also from Peñarol. Then in the backs, we got Eliseo Abraham, uh, also from Cafeteros, just like Javier Corbalan. Uh, definitely, um, rook, uh, if you want to call it rookie of, this, uh, of the season, you could definitely call him that, but definitely a player that caught everyone off guard. Uh, he scored three tries. I mean, it was all over the, the place. Um, I, I'm seeing this guy in that um, in, in the Argentinian uh, freaking setup. So you know something similar to what happened to Gonzalo uh, Garcia from last year, uh, who now is playing in Ballo Rugby in Italy, and actually just got named um, to the Argentina side. It's going to be playing against Scotland in July. Um, so Michael Cheka, a famous a, a Australian a, uh, Australian head coach. He just got the Argentina uh, job and already is announcing his players for the, for the again for this particular series of games. Okay, so then at ten we got Felipe Cheverry uh, from Peñarol. Uh, again, a really good player. Also, really happy to see that Uruguay is developing in a next up and coming uh, fly half. Uh, Felipe uh, Berkesi, uh, uh, who's now playing in um, in France, has got in that position for a long time now. Definitely one of my favorite players. In the Uruguayan setup, but it's also it's definitely good to see another understudy in that particular position. I, I do assume to see um, Juan Sucarino, who played for Segnam, also playing in that particular spot, probably under Echeverry, depending on what happens. Okay, then we got of course Vilaseca. Then and the wins we have uh, Martin Bogado from Juarez and Domingo Saavedra from Segna. I mean, honestly, I would have put one of the Califulish brothers, um, either Matias or Nicolás, but eh, that's what it is. Uh, we got um, Juan Queclas uh, from, uh, from Olympia, and lastly, we have Francisco Gros uh, from Segna. Definitely Francisco Gros uh, deserves a spot here. Now, in the in the bench, we have um, uh, Dusolan from Segna, Juan Echevarria from Peñarol, Matias Ditus from Segna, uh, Milan, again, from Peñarol, Escobar from Segnam, Inciate from Peñarol, Juan Pablo Castro from Juárez 15, and Jerónimo Prichantelli from Juárez 15. Again, I would have put one of the Garifulish brothers there, but that's just me. Uh, but yeah, but with that said, everyone, uh, again, that's pretty much 
the again the portion in regards to this particular tournament. So overall thoughts, uh, this was, uh, <clears throat> I mean to say that this was better than last year is an understatement. Uh, again, every team came differently in some way. Um, there were, of course, there was consistency between the teams. Segna was definitely quite consistent from last year. Um, Olympia, uh, again, was uh, probably had more, um, it was more 50-50 between the Paraguayan and Argentina players, which was nice. Uh, I mean, some people could uh, claim that probably that was the reason why they were not as lethal as they were last year. I mean, I would not like to think so. But then again, people would say, well, I mean, they're not in the playoffs this year. So, yeah. Then you got Cafeteros, uh, which was probably the team that changed the modes uh, due to the fact that they had a lot more of the Argentinian players, uh, a, 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 lot, a lot more Argentinian players than Colombian players. And of course, we of course have the, the showing that no Colombian player, unfortunately, sh- uh, showed up on the victim of the season. Uh, probably one of the, rep- the best players was Diver Ceballos, who showed up. Uh, on the fitting of the week every so often, but not enough. But really, Diver Ceballos is li- literally the only guy that I can speak of uh, that definitely made a, a big difference in, in regards to the Colombian uh, players that were part of the Cafeteros team. Then, of course, we had to move to Cobras. Um, Cobras, I mentioned it a couple of times, but unfortunately, from season one to, well, season two to season three, technically, uh, unfortunately, when uh, even though it was almost the same team, so of course, you had a the inclusion, uh, again, of a French player in Simon Bienvenu. Um, it didn't really do much, again, to change the luck. Of course, Andrea Ruda was still uh, him and Clever Diaz. Uh, still the, the best two players on the team in regards to the forwards. And, of course, you had um, Daniel Sanseri, that's still playing great. Of course, you got Lucas Pago, uh, at the, uh, again, a fly half, which was also really good. Uh, at times, unfortunately, his kicking was probably not the best, but still. Uh, but unfortunately, the Cobra side, uh, again, even though they had a really good win against um, Olympia, it, it wasn't consistent. So I'm not sure if the Brazilian Federation is thinking of possibly making changes to the makeup of the team, maybe adding a couple more Argentinian guys. Again, I do understand the fact that they want to develop their own players. But if their players are not up to snuff in comparison, let's say, to, well, Segna Uruguay, Agua Peñarol, and Juarez, and you want to go the route or the route of a, a Cafeteros or Olympia, again, it will be good to do so and see if that works out for you. So hopefully 2023 will be something similar to that, where, again, they're a, a, a little bit more competitive. So I definitely do hope to see that. Then, of course, we have Hawares 15. Um, that win at the end, unfortunately, was not able to go all the way uh, to the semifinals. A- again, kudos to Segnam and Peñarol because those teams definitely, uh, again, uh, brought up the, the best and were able to, to beat the Argentinian side. Of course, uh, Hawares was very different from last year. Of course, we had that huge exodus of Argentinian players that made their way to Europe. Of course, you had a couple of them that stayed, but for the most part, that team was completely different. Uh, and, of course, that lack of cohesion uh, did not help the team at all. So we had the, the result there. Of course, I'm sure 2023, it will be a different story. Uh, I'm sure the coaching staff will learn from this, and I guess we'll see. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt that 2023 will be a lot better, 
But again, I do hope it's the same for the other two. Of course, Segnam, uh, we had a, a lot more Chilean participation. Of course, we got a couple of foreign players on their team. Um, but of course, again, they were looking for more game time for their guys, and probably that was the best the best they did. And of course, I mean, we had the results here. And of course, Peñarol, um, again, team was pretty much coming up the same uh, as last year. Of course, a lot more competitive, and well, we got the results here with a championship to their name. So again, really happy for them. Okay, so with that said, um, the next thing that's uh, the next thing that's actually going to be coming up is going to be, of course, the the international window coming up in July. So for uh, Chile, of course, I already mentioned that they have their focus on USA playing in July. Uh, prior to that, they have a match against the Scotland team side again. That the team that's going to be playing against Argentina. So I'm sure that's going to be a good test for them. Uh, um, Uruguay is going to be uh, traveling over to Japan again to match um, series against the, the Japan team, and uh, they're going to be traveling uh, actually the the following week, the second week of June, uh, getting prepared. And of course, after that, the match is going to be at the last week of June. So I can't wait to see those match coming up. Um, and, and yeah, and that's what that's what's going on with those two particular teams. Now, when it comes to Juarez, specifically the Argentinian side as a whole, uh, obviously we have the main uh, team, the Pumas, uh, that's going to be playing against, like I said, um, uh, uh, Scotland. But there was actually news that Juarez 15, the second side, is actually going to be playing a series of matches over in Europe against Portugal and Georgia, uh, which is really good, which is great news. Again, for those um, players that are looking to uh, again to make their way up to the main side, so I'm really happy to again to, to see that uh, we all actually have a couple of guys from the Howard Fifteen side that, that again are part of the initial roster of players that are going up in July. So, from in regards to hookers, we have Bautista Bernasconi, uh, which was quite good for Howard Fifteen. We got Javier Coronel at tie head. At number three, second row, we got Manuel Bernstein, eh, as well as Rodri eh, Rodrigo Fernando Criado, both players quite good. Criado, definitely one of my favorites of those two. Um, at flank, we have Jerónimo Gómez Barra, um, that I believe I've mentioned a couple of times before. His family is actually of Paraguayan ancestry. One of his brothers, I believe, plays for the Paraguayan national team. I was actually hoping to see Jerónimo follow his uh, brother's footsteps, but he decided to follow, of course, his Argentinian uh, dream. So. Cam Lemon for that. At eight, we have Santiago Ruiz. Not much I can say about him, actually. Not a guy that I was following closely, but a guy that I was definitely following. A fly half, a Jeronimo Pichantelli. Um, quite a number of uh, conversions and penalties for Hawaii's 15. But again, good kicker and over a good um, overall, very tactically minded player for, for what I saw. Um, then at outside center, we got Tomas Cubilla and Martin Segura. Cubilla, again, uh, the one I know uh, more of the two, definitely a really good player. And, 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 and that's it. Oh, no, actually, I take that back. We actually got Martin Bogado at fullback, uh, which is also a really good player as well. Uh, by the way, not part of Hawaii's 15, but also need to mention the inclusion in this um, uh, group of players from uh, Julian Dominguez. Um, who now plays uh, for Austin Gregorni's in Major League Rugby. So I want to make that quick mention because, uh, again, it's nice to see one of the guys playing in the U.S. actually chosen 
for uh, again even though it's, in, it's not the main Hawaii team at least again chosen for a national side overall so again really happy to see that he got the recognition that he deserves again played really well and still playing well actually since um Austin is actually going off to the playoffs and now in regards to the main uh, Argentina team from the guys that are actually affiliated with Juarez uh, so we got a loose head Michael Vivas who has been in the setup for quite a number of years now uh, we got also Ignacio Ruiz at hooker, then following them, and we got mostly a lot of guys um, in Europe, actually, um, besides the two of them. Oh, you, you know what? Looking here, it looks to me that it's only the two of them. So, yeah, so only two front row players in the main Argentinian team, Michael Vivas and Ignacio Ruiz, are going to be part, again, of those matches against Scotland. Can't wait to see that, by the way. It should be a really good setup. Okay, everyone. So with that said, and now looking at 2023, what is it that we can expect? Now, of course, I don't have a crystal ball to say with 100% certainty, but what I'm assuming is the fact that in regards to teams, so we got six teams. I don't think that number is going to change for some time. Uh, of course, we still, especially down in South America or Latin America as a whole, we're still obviously suffering uh, the whole uh, thing with COVID-19. Um, again, things, of course, are improving in all countries, but again, it's lower than others. Uh, and I'm not sure if another thing is going to be, uh, be added um, this season. Again, it could happen for sure. But as I see the player pool, I don't think it's going to happen for a while. I do hope I'm wrong, but... Um, again, I'm definitely not counting on it. Now, what I definitely do want to see is actually movement of uh, again, in regards to again to in regards to uh, venues where to play. Now, uh, again, I understand the, this particular concept of playing everything in one location, and that's it. Uh, but it would be good to see next year um, again actually playing at you know home and away. Again, every so often, at least. Uh, so at least I hope that happens. Again, not counting 100% on it, but I definitely do hope to see it. Now, in regards to the teams, again, do hope the Cobras has more Argentinians. Hopefully that's going to help them. Uh, again, in regards to Cafeteros, as it was right now, hopefully it stays the same, same with the other teams. Now, when it comes to how what is 15, that's the big question. Specifically, how many players uh, from that team and others as a whole are actually going to make an exodus like last year and go over to Europe or to uh, other leagues uh, around the world. So I guess we'll see uh, how things change. If it does happen, I do hope to see a couple of players, not only from Argentina, but from the other countries making the way to other leagues and actually showing their stuff. I, For example, I cannot wait to see another Colombian player besides Andres Safra over in France making a big. Again, for as much as I'm happy to see Andres Safra showing, again, showing the world that Colombians can actually play, I do hope to see guys from Cafeteros 15 that were Colombian making making the way over to, to Europe and not specifically to Spain. If they can make the way to Italy, for example, or to lower division French rugby, it would be great. But uh, again, but we'll see. Um, Uruguayan players and Chilean players, I think they probably will have a, an easier uh, way. Um, usually those players are a little bit more marketable. 
um, to European sides. Uh, Uruguayan players are pretty much like Argentinian players in a sense. Uh, and Chileans, again, they, again, they're around, but again, there's not many of them. So, But I guess we'll see. And Brazilians, uh, we'll see. It all depends. And Paraguayans, I don't, I don't see them making the way anytime soon. Although I do see... I do hope to see a, again a, a Paraguayan national again a born, raised, and bred a, a, again in Paraguay, making it over to Europe sometime soon. So we can, or they can boast to have again one international player. Again, I still can't believe that Colombia got the better of them there, but again, I guess we'll see. Okay, everyone. So I think with that said, we have made our way over to the end of this episode nine and the last episode overall of season two of, of this, the, the slow report. So thank you very much, everyone, for joining me throughout these past nine editions. My apologies in regards to the timing of this episode. Again, life, as you can imagine, has gotten in the way in regards to release. And again, it has not been as punctual as it was the previous season. So you have to excuse me on that. But uh, just like I say, in another way, better late than nothing, I guess. Okay, so you guys uh, all take care, and again, you'll hear from me um, next year for 2023 in regards to, again, the, the solar report. Of course, stay tuned over uh, in here in the, the ear, earful of their feed, so you can listen, obviously, uh, to my colleagues, again, uh, providing information in regards to all things uh, Major League Rugby, and of course, you may see some transitioning here and there, obviously, possibly a couple of things that you heard here, you may Again, see a couple of those players over uh, mentioning EOD. Again, crossing my fingers that does that happen. Okay, everyone. So thanks again. You have a very good day. And again, we'll see. Will you hear me? Not so much see me, but you definitely hear me for 2023. Take care.